This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog, and I'm trying to play a game and also talk at the same time. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to work out for you, but... Distressing. That was like the fastest intro I have Woo. ever heard in my life. That, that, that's Bayonetta. fine. That's that was fine. amazing. So that, he's Zachary Oliver. I am M. Joshua Caller, and this is... Sorry, yeah, I thought you were going to take over and go and say just, your name. I was pointing at you on the computer, but I realized since we're not in the same room that we're just pointing each other over video. And your finger was slightly out of frame. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Well, this this is this is the the freelancer extraordinaire Jonathan R. Clausen. Yes, freelancer like extraordinaire like that. List. Not to be confused with the video game freelancer, where you go around and uh, scavenge different planets as a freelancer. I like that game. Yeah, it was a really good game. Anyway. So um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm derailing myself here. So today we are going to be talking about the subject of Halloween and uh, whether or not Christians are how Christians are or aren't supposed to engage with that holiday and the games that really inspire us or or connect us with that. And to really follow up with this theme, um, Zachary today is playing a game about witches. Yeah. <laughs> So well, you're playing the what? The Witcher? I'm disinterestedly playing Bayonetta right now because I'm oh, just Bayonetta. grinding currency to use in other places. <laughs> and that's actually a good a, a good point. Um, so the the question the question is, what are you playing? And the reason why I wanted to ask this in particular is because I feel like around this time in the year, um, and the reason why I'm leading with this is because around this time of the year, Halloween games kind of uh, horror games tend to to uh, come out in mass volume. Um, and there's a lot of Halloween games. Costume Quest 2 came out just recently. Um, Yay. and uh, Yeah. So, I haven't played the, the first, first one, one yet. <laughs> so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave with that. We know that Zach is playing Bayonetta, and we're going to get to him, but I want to get to uh, Jonathan. What are you playing right now, and is it related to Halloween? Destiny. Destiny? That's uh, fair. Well, I, I'm even wearing my Destiny t-shirt today. There's wizard. Oh, yeah, that, that wizard game. came from the moon. Yeah. Oh. Wizard came I, from the moon. Is that line still in the game? No, they took it out. Yeah, it's, it's Although I wish they had kept it, it in there. Come on, Bungie. Yeah, they, they really should have, because it was the only the only thing that the the, uh, the dialogue had going for it. Yeah, well, they, Bungie was trying to remove all personality from the product, so that had to be <laughs> Indeed. We must all sound <laughs> apathetic like the Dinklebot. <laughs> How can we make Peter Dinklage sound like we didn't pay for uh-huh. him at all? And we just but ca- we kidnapped him in like a duffel bag. <laughs> we brought him to the studio. Read this. Well, you could do it. He's small enough. You, you, you could feasibly do it. All right. So I think the the closest, the last survival horror game I played. I don't know if it counts as a game. Was probably PT. Yeah, well, the, no, the, the, the Silent, actually, the, the Silent exactly, Hills demo. That's exactly on point. Because. Um, and for those who don't know, could you explain what PT is? I, I know that, okay. that that involves a little bit of spoilers, but that that just go for it. I think we're past. I think we're well past the statute of yeah. limitations on spoilers well, for this one. The spoilers yeah. on the internet are pretty much this is a yeah. I mean, that, game. <laughs> Hideo Kojima thought it would take people a week. It took people twelve hours, if that. He underestimates so, and, the internet. Oh yes. So in short, what PT stands for is playable teaser. Uh, during Gamescom this year in Cologne, Germany, uh, during the keynote for Sony, it was kind of a throwaway announcement. They said we have a new game. They didn't tell anybody any details about it. They just threw a picture of of a forest up there with with the letters PT on it, and told people, "Hey, it's a free download on PSN. Go get it right now." So of course, everyone sees something free on the internet, and what do they do? They rush to their PlayStation Store and they download it. I get on it later that night. 
I boot it up and I load my shorts. It is the scariest thing I have played in ages. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. You, um, but the, the, what makes it so scary? This is probably one of the most the thing about and I've I've said this before many times, I love the Silent Hill series. This felt a lot like that because it was very atmospheric. And I was playing yeah. it with my with my. Uh, but it my doesn't take on. place in the woods, is that correct? Correct. Has that that, tra- that picture has me? They grabbed that from Getty Images and threw it on there. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's. But actually, people have analyzed the photos too. So I'm sure they have. People will find meaning in whatever they want to find meaning on. If it's connected, great. If it's not, whatever. Well, it's Kojima, but, so maybe it is. Yeah. You never know. So the way it works is the game is just a succession of you going down the same hallway over and over and over. That's it. There is no other scene. There is no other place you go to. It is the same hallway with uh, a dogleg corner at the end, and that's it. So this, but every- is this fun? Because it sounds really, it's really bad. It's fun to him. Not but, so much to me. <laughs> because every time you go through it, things change. Okay. Just a, li- just a little bit. Not, not, nothing drastic. It's like the first time you go through it, all the lights are on. It's, it's dark outside. It's rainy. You feel moderately safe because you still don't know really what's going on. But you wake up in this dark room and then you move out into the hallway and there's this radio story going on about this father who went absolute berserk uh, and killed his kids and his wife and then killed himself. And the news story is going on in the background and you're like, okay, it's kind of twisted. And, and you, you go through the house and as you look at the, the tables, you see discarded used wrappers of like pills you know, when you get pills from like a box or something, they have that silver backing. You pop the pill out and then you have the, yeah. the trash. Tons of that all over the place. Um, just little debris here and there. That you, you, you notice the place is not very well kept. It's kind of yeah. messy, actually. And you, you get to the far point at the end of the door, at the end of the hallway, and there's a door. Go through the door, go down some steps, open the door at the bottom of the steps, and boom, you're back in the same hallway. Only now, one of the lights are out. Like, so this is starting to sound a little bit like antichamber, only scary. In in you know what it is it it has huh. some connections to that at least in the way that it's set up. And as you go down, the radio is now static. There's huh. a light now, and then as you go as you walk about two or three times through this, little things change. Audio cues change. A light is on that wasn't on before. Or is off that was off before. Yeah. But the creepy time is when the you you know you're in trouble when the door at the far end of the hallway, the one that usually resets it, everything closes before you get to it. And behind you, you hear a door open. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Is and it a monster around, closet? No, no, there are no... Well, okay, I'm not going to spoil it, but yes. The, there, you go back, you open the door, you go into the bathroom, which is what the, what the door opened, because the door couldn't open. There's no yeah. interaction button. The only interaction you have with the environment is clicking in the... Uh, L3 stick to zoom in, which they don't tell you. There are no on-screen prompts in this. No UI whatsoever. Oh, that's nice. That's immersive. <laughs> yeah. So, so you press the you because the only way I found out about the zoom is if you uh, if you troll the internet and whatnot. Yeah. So you click the button to zoom in. Is there's this thing in the sink? Oh yeah. And and it, I'm like, what is this thing? Because you hear the sound of a baby crying, like a newborn baby. In in a, it's a distressful cry. It's not a happy cry. Like oh. Yay! No, this is the I am miserable pity. I'm in a horror game cry, yeah. and <laughs> you, you go into the you go into the bathroom. You look into the sink. I don't even know how to describe this thing. It was putrid, disgusting looking little. It, 
this is going to sound rather vulgar, but it's it sounded like a premature fetus with 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 like a whale head. Yeah. Sitting in the sink, mewling and crying, and the sink is dirty and nasty, and the bathroom is disgusting, and it's like, oh, what the frack is this? And you you get out of there, you 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 you, you move your character, you hold that so sink is, down. So is this the you, point where you had pooped your pants? Oh no 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 no, no loading of shorts quite yet. No no, I I won't digress. <laughs> I won't tell the whole story because that'll just take too long, and we have other things to talk about. Yeah, but yeah. At a certain point. The radio comes back on, and you hear the news story again as you're walking through. And then the news announcer breaks in in a more cl- – because there's that radio distortion. And then all of a sudden, the radio voice becomes clear. And you know it's mixed, so it, if you're wearing your headphones, it suddenly becomes front and center in the audio mix. And it says, look behind you. So what do I do? I look behind me, and there's this just, – just standing there in a light that's flickering on and off. The silhouette of this big, tall woman, like about, I'd say, 6'5", and she's just standing there looking at you. And the static is getting louder and louder and louder. And if you stand there too long, something happens. If you're like me, you see that, you turn your character around, and you head for the freaking door at the end of the hallway as fast as you can. Yeah. And then you go through the door, and then the hallway changes just a little bit. So yeah. that when you come around the corner again, there's another corner, and you're stuck in this endless loop until you can figure out how to break it. Huh. And eventually it ends if you figure out how to beat it because there is a win state. Yeah. And then a trailer plays and there's Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead walking down a beautifully pre-rendered street. And the, then the Silent Hill thing well, starts it's playing. It's a 3D model of him. It's not the actual correct. actor. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But it looks – I mean it's the, it is Daryl. Yeah. I mean it looks like Daryl. Or, or uh, the bro from uh, Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he looks into the camera and then he walks off and then Silent Hills. And you see two names that should cause any video game player untold glee and joy Hideo Kojima and Gilmero del Tormo. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm very curious about del Toro's involvement. Um, just because it's, he's never really made a game before. But Kojima's in it, so that's good. Yes. Or the movie. <laughs> Kojima's in it, I guess. Yeah. So that's PT. And uh, before that, I would say, I'm looking over at my library. What was the last one I played? Oh, I I probably replayed uh, Fatal Frame on the PS2. Oh, cool. Cool. But yeah. Um, So that was a very long answer to your question. I'm sorry. (laughs) With with, uh, first person, or not first person, but uh, um, just survival horror games in general. Is that, would you said that you're pretty well-versed oh, in the yes. genre. I, I, I would say so, yes. Anything from the PS1 era on, definitely, for sure. More so than I, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> cool. I say, uh, no thanks. <laughs> now, do, you actually get, do you actually get freaked out, or do you, do you wow. just like, this is boring and uninteresting to me? I played Fear, and I love the shooting in that game, but mm-hmm. I don't enjoy walking down empty hallways for ten minutes and then being... Uh, jump scared or frightened out of my mind see i don't count fear i don't count i don't consider fear a survival horror game uh, yeah it's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's more of an action action horror yeah that and survive then survival because survival of course dictates the fact that you're you're scraping by yeah, and you're and you're probably not you, it's the the key being disempowerment typewriter ribbons and stuff. exactly yeah, yeah. so fear, i've never played silent hill or resident evil before so yeah, I've, except, for, played, except for RE4, RE5. I've only played the first Silent Hill. I haven't played uh, the second or any other ones after that. 
If you ever get a chance to play two, M. Josh, you you should play yeah. Silent yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's something that I have a lot of people tell me. And and the thing is, for me personally, I'm I'm just not very. I'm, it's weird because I'm. I'd say that I'm pretty versed in survival horror, but I don't like. Uh, I don't like horror as as a, as a general rule. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't find it compelling, interesting, scary, uh, any of that. Well, and I, I find it mostly boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mecha- from a mechanical perspective, if there are well implemented mechanics or something that's uh, very unique about the game that's just nowhere not done elsewhere, then I can find something to connect with. Otherwise, like like sl- the Slenderman game that was super that was free and super popular a little while and has been since adapted into other things. I found that to be absolute garbage and have having no value whatsoever. Yeah, yeah it's I've- fun for videos. Yeah, I, guess yeah so. I don't get Slender Man. I really don't. Uh, whenever I see a tall, gaunt guy in a suit, you know, my, my mind immediately goes to that brief image in Harry Potter of Voldemort standing in a suit on the, on the nine, and a, nine and three quarters train station. That's all I can yeah, think of. Yeah. And Voldemort was not scary to me. So anyway. <laughs> Maybe to but, children he is. Yeah. But l- let, me, let me evangelize Silent Hill 2 to you for just one brief okay, second. Go for it, go for it. Don't spoil anything. I, w- I will not. I promise I will not. But the Silent Hill 2, the quote-unquote horror you, d- you discover in there is extremely narrative-driven. Everything yeah. you see, everything that exists in that game has a direct purpose to your lead character, James Sunderland's uh, persona and the, the point of him being in the town. Yeah. So it's, is it's, there an HD not, version Nothing is there just to – yes, there is. Do you have a PS3? Yeah. Okay, get that version. If okay. you don't, I was going to say they did a. Konami hired a, a a small studio to port the PS2 versions over to HD, mm-hmm. to the to the what was at the time the next gen consoles, the PS3 and the 360. Yeah, <laughs> the 360 version had a lot of bugs, a lot of bugs. Uh, the fog rendering wouldn't work. Certain textures wouldn't be loading. The audio had tons of glitches. And the PS3 version had the same thing. The PS3 version got a patch and fixed everything. Okay, cool. The 360 version did not. Konami actually made a press release that said, um, we don't have the time or the money to patch this. So PS3 owners, yeah. You're, you get it. 360 owners, not so much. Well, I think they have the money. They just decided they weren't going to spend it. Yeah. yeah, it makes me wonder how much they actually sold it. But yeah, it's a Silent Hill HD remastered collection yeah. on PS3. You it's can like, pick it up for a couple bucks. It's like cool. Silent Hill 2 without fog is... Not even a game I yeah. ever play. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> yeah. make any sense. But yeah, so um, uh, but but come going back to, to the whole aspect of uh, survival survival horror games, really needing a good mechanical and or uh, nuanced hook that really grabs me. The one that I uh, I recently finished and uh, just posted uh, the article on on GameChurch.com is for Neverending Nightmares. Um, oh, I have to read that. And so uh, I, the Neverending Nightmares article, uh, or Neverending Nightmares specifically, um, and this is the one of one of two two games that I'm playing right now that are uh, horror oriented, uh, that are made by people who follow Jesus. Um, this one made by a Catholic gentleman, um, and uh, there's the reason why um, Neverending Nightmares really really connected with me, uh, and the only reason why I was willing to play it was because of kind of like there was just like within me a I love and appreciation for the guy who made it and the previous game that he made. And I just love the story around the game more than what was actually in the game. Because Nevering Nightmares is about – it's all in the title. It's about ceaseless nightmares. Every time that he dies, he wakes up in a new bed. And it just keeps getting – it's like a descent into darkness. Unfortunately, um, it's really short and it doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, and it's, like, 
it's a it's not a traditional presentation, right? It's kind of like black and white, right? Yeah. Right, and artistic it's, it's all, sketch, it's all cross hatched. Um, Edward Gorey style illustration. Um, oh, okay. And you can't yeah. really die, hence well, the name of the actual game. <laughs> well, the, me- mechanically, it's 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 uh it's it's just like death. Only it tosses you back to a, a relatively close checkpoint when you wake up within the actual nightmares. Because there's two mm. kinds of death. There's the automated. Um, prescribed death, and then there's the, the mechanical death when you uh, trigger one of the uh, one of one of the enemies within the game. And there are there are a few enemies. So the mechanics the mechanics are thin because um, mm-hmm. it's really just a matter of um, avoid learning how to avoid enemies and how to um, get through the nightmares and get from point A to point B stuff like that. Um, there are some times where you have to hide in closets from from giant baby ogres. Um, <laughs> it's more like a stealth game from what I saw. The mecha- mechanically, it's it's very stealthy. Yeah, it's 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 uh, but 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 it also gives you plenty of time to really connect with the environments too, and but the thing that that the the, the the Christian element that actually really pulls through is that um very towards towards the end of the game is kind of a spoiler, but um the game is not, not narratively driven; it's extremely driven. So like your experience pulling you through the game was enough to keep me fully hooked in for. I didn't put the game down. Like I, I literally picked it up and finished it in a single setting, which I've never done before. Um, but it's only it's only like two hours long, so it wasn't like a crazy long bad. game. Yeah. Um, but there's and there's branching narratives and stuff too. But um, the reason why I pulled I got towards the end and the, the 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 Christian element was there's there's no color in the game at all except for two places. One is where there's a wreath around a grave for a very important mm-hmm. character, and the second time is very late in the game when there's a uh, a, a stained glass window depicting the cross. Um, and if it was just an environmental element, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But since this is mm-hmm. one of the two times that color shows up significantly in the game, like a very multicolored object that's literally mm-hmm. casting light onto the scene, um, I felt like there was some deeper significance too. Like it's like like when Schindler list, Schindler's List uses uh, red, or yeah, um, when something. I mean, in, in this game, there's red all over the place because of blood, but. I don't. I tend to not think of that as valuable as the other when there's multicolor objects because it only happens literally twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, there is one other color, and that's like the muted color of interactive objects. So, like a doorknob might be brown, right? Um, well, and the candle your character carries is red. I'm just sitting here watching the Steam trailer true, um, on my true. other screen. That that's one but, other thing that that is colored because it's something that you can interact with, and they're establishing that if something is interactive, it, it will have a little bit of color. Um, but the multicolored use of the, the the depiction of the the crucifix was significant to me because I um, throughout the game there there's uh, also in blood scrawled letters the words my God why have you forsaken me which for those who ha- are very familiar with Matthew's account of Jesus on the cross that's what Jesus says while he's on the cross which is a reference to Psalm 22 and I thought mm-hmm. like wow these are these are really specific. Um, inclusions in the game, and I, yeah. I didn't feel like I felt like I might be inserting myself into this because I'm, you know, obviously, whenever I approach horror, I'm looking at is there any redemption? Is there hope? Is there reconciliation in this anywhere? Because that's the only thing that I find valuable in 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 the narrative of horror. Um, and I was surprised that I was finding it. I was actually finding it, and I thought that I might be reaching until I saw that Drew had interviewed Matt Gilgenbach, the the lead creator of the game, who said. Um, not only is this meant to be a testimonial account of his experience with depression and OCD offset nightmares, um, but it's also uh, 
partially about his expression of faith. It's partially it's partially about his his uh, relationship with God um, from a Catholic perspective. Um, and it's very a very specific. odd way to express it. Yeah, it's very. I haven't subtle. played it yet, so. But um, the connection specifically went through the theme of here's these nightmares. This really sucks. I hate this. Um, but I'm going to invite other people to step into this experience because uh, Jesus enters into our own nightmares. And there's something about the cross, about Jesus entering into human horror, um, into the into the worst that humanity has to offer. Um, that's significant about the crucifix. There's something about that that the the, the empathy with 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 human suffering of saying, "My God, why have you forsaken me?" And if you've gone through mental illness, then you know, like, there's a certain aspect of disconnection from God that comes with uh, mental illness, right. um, or feeling feeling that sense of I'm I'm alone in this, and that's what I felt like. Neverending Nightmares did really, really, really well, and which is which is the, the value and, and the reason why I, I I I will come across as someone who who uh, says Christians should play this. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say it's worth the fourteen ninety nine? It currently is on Steam. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it depends upon whether or not you know you're you're someone who really hates um, games that don't give you more than three hours of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I finished it in two hours. Yeah, I finished it in two hours, and then I I played um, the branching narratives, two more branching paths mm-hmm. to the story that was in like another hour of play. Um, but there's tons and tons of of uh, unique things in there. And I, I, I mean, like Alien Isolation's current biggest criticism that people are saying about it is the fact that it's tw- a twenty-hour-long horror game, okay. um, and it overstays its welcome. Hmm. Well, it depends. That on makes if me you sad because I haven't picked up my copy yet. Some people say it's horror, but some people also say it's a very much glorified stealth game because it's not really as well, horror. As horror and stealth say. very, very often go hand yeah. in hand. Yeah, because it's really because it's really about uh, in that game. It's very similar, like. To what you're doing in Everending Nightmares, you have something that's trying to come and kill you, and you can hide in closets. Right. <laughs> you kind of have to be afraid of the alien in order for that to work. Maybe. Yeah. And the other, the other thing that's hard to do in survival horror, especially when you have one thing hunting you, like, okay, let's, I mean, go back to the original Ridley Scott film. That film was a little over two hours long. That's yeah. not a whole lot of time. And the alien doesn't really come into its full form until almost an hour into the film. Yeah, so you, exactly. have an, you have about only an hour to be really terrified of the stupid thing. Yeah. And now we're asking an audience to not only just sit and passively watch, but we are asking them to be interactive with this environment for, um, for 20 hours. That's a long time to stay afraid of something. It's interesting yeah. that you say that because a lot of the reviews I've read have said that the alien is really good at displaying emergent behavior and mm-hmm. doing things that you wouldn't expect kind of like this single enemy chasing you through stuff yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Like, But sometimes the AI script just breaks down. But I would yeah. imagine so. Yeah. There's so many variables. It's, it's like Ronald Moore. We're all speculating on a game that we haven't... I went, to go pick up my, yeah, I went to go pick up my copy <laughs> on Tuesday, and my GameStop was closed because the power on the whole strip was out. And I'm like, oh, So they, they already closed the gate, and everyone had gone home because the mm-hmm. power had been out for like an hour and a half on the whole strip mall. So I was like, oh, sadness. But, the, but if you – I'm always reminded about something Ronald Moore said on the commentary of Battlestar Galactica. One of the reasons for – and this, go, this translates into games as well. 
the reason he didn't have a Cylon threat in every single episode was because if you see them every episode and you always get away every episode, you you I'm trying to remember the right word. Brain is not working. Uh, you you disempower you whatever you don't you take away the threat. Yeah. Yeah. Of the Cylons every episode because they become commonplace. Oh, it's yeah. them. We'll just escape again. Yeah, and, and that's with- something that Neverending Nightmares does really well is like it only jumps in. It does jump scares every once in a while, and you don't. You don't. You feel like it's always going to be there because it's not always there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I'm looking forward to playing it a lot. I think that's why it's so interesting to me because I, you know, what I don't like horror films very much, but yeah, I, I don't love. Either. I love Alien. <laughs> Huh. I think it's a super well-crafted film. And there's just something about it. There's something you about never it. See it. Yeah. yeah. Even if it, I, mean, I, I loved it from context. a distance when I was a kid because I never actually saw the first one. I only saw the third one with my dad when I was like nine. But have you never ooh. seen the first one? Not in its length. Not in not in my adult ooh. life. So I usually do that. Okay, you yeah. need to go back yeah. and watch. This I second. know, but like now the kind of the the surprise is ruined. But well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind yeah. of like you have to not know anything about it going in. But you know what? Even so, it's still a well-crafted film, and you'll appreciate yeah. the pacing. Yeah, I, I definitely want to check it out. Anyway, so this this is uh, – I'm going to supersede <laughs> the conversation and say, here, um, is it all right if we transition to the second subject now? Okay, good, good. Second so subject now. Yeah, I, I didn't wait for but your But now response. you can. Um, but yeah, so the question – we're talking about scary games, horror games, things along those lines, um, and the – also, how that relates to Halloween. So, before we, we get any you further, mean All Saints um, Day? What's that? All Saints Day? Yeah. Or Reformation Day, if, if you're a Lutheran. Ooh, there you go. All Hallows so, Eve. Yeah, um, I, I remember <laughs> Thomas Central had commented on the, uh, the our Facebook thread about the question of uh, Halloween and said, Yeah, I always celebrated All Saints Day and, you know, kind of dis- disregarded how all the, uh, the sinners were out doing their thing. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't exactly his words. I'm doing terrible paraphrase. Anyway. Um, but uh, so the question on Halloween is: Do you do you celebrate it now? Did you celebrate it? And did you celebrate it when you were a kid? And why? So um, I'm going to go straight to Jonathan on this, and then we'll go to Zach, and then I'll sh- and then I'll share. Right, you did Jonathan. I celebrate? Did I celebrate Halloween? No, and that was for two. One was a practical reason. One was a, was was a family decision. The family decision was pretty pretty simple, as you would find in most. North Midwestern conservative households, uh, no, because it is evil and corrupts your mind. The other was I grew up on a 30-acre horse farm in the middle of nowhere. Oh, wow. So there was not anybody to trick-or-treat with unless I wanted yeah. to get in the covered wagon and, and do, uh, do a five-mile trip to the next house. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yes. I didn't realize I, that you hadn't, you hadn't spent most of your life in Orlando. No, no, I am. A, I am not a Florida native. I am Most from North. People who live in Florida are not. Are from not. Florida. <laughs> yeah. Most people. Once you get south of Tallahassee and Jacksonville, you'll find it's mostly Florida immigrants from okay. other parts of the country. Yeah. So, how long? How long have you lived in Florida? I live. I moved to Florida on June 9th, two thousand twelve. Okay. Cool. So you're 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 baby. You're Florida baby. I'm sorry. Not two thousand twelve. Two thousand two. I apologize. Two thousand. Oh, okay. Babies. Okay. So I've been here. I was here for the, the the four hurricane pummeling we took in 2004. Yeah. And that was the night my son was born during one of the one of the one of those hurricanes. So that was fun. <laughs> That's exciting. Oh, I tried driving across town during the hurricane with your with a wife in labor. Not, Not fun. fun. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about survival hard. Yeah. <laughs> Can I make oh, it to gosh. the hospital? Fulfill oh, objectives. Wow. That was fun. Hope you brought a typewriter um, with you. I did with plenty of ink ribbons. <laughs> yeah, plenty. 
Oh man, but but um, no. So we didn't we didn't really celebrate Halloween, and, and like I said, it was mainly practical. And uh, there was I'm trying to think if there was any like community things. Like if you drove thirty minutes into town, harvest festivals. Yeah, har- there were some harvest festivals in the small little hick town I grew up in that they yeah. did, but nothing overtly Halloween. Plus, I remember it, it, we, I listened to Adventures in Odyssey growing up as a kid, yeah, like yeah. religiously. Every Saturday morning at eight o'clock, I would be at that stinking radio and I would be listening to the to the escapades of Connie, Witt, and Eugene. And I remember they did an episode called "What Are We Going to Do About Halloween?" Huh? And they they well, actually, I, I should have listened to it before I before, before today. But, uh, but uh, yeah, they, they talked what, about the, the history. I just remember two things out of it. A, they didn't denounce it as something horribly evil, thankfully. They didn't come across as some folks on the family things do, uh, very judgmental and religious and, and legalistic. Yeah. But, they, but they, they gave a somewhat, you know, a kid's history of it, you know, where it came from. The, the whole All Saints Day and All Hallows Eve, the, the spirits are coming out, so we have to dress like them so they don't see us. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, that's kind of that, like, yeah. like the Walking Dead of of uh, of uh, holidays. Mm-hmm. Like you have to dress like the spirits, like or dress like the dead. So Some of the origins, smell you. right? Some of the or- exactly, exactly. <laughs> Some of the origins of the, the the origins of the dressing up come from the idea was is that the spirits would run amok the night before All All Saints Day. Yeah, and the idea was is in order to stay safe and not be seen by the spirits, you would dress up like them. Hmm. That's part of the history of it, and. Uh, uh, and I don't know where the candy part came into it, but yeah. Uh, oh, but, candy, but yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And so, do you do you celebrate Halloween now? How, what is what is your family approach to Halloween now? Right now, we give the kid to a babysitter, and then my wife and I go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's like the worst. So you, know, you take your kids out so for Halloween. I'm guessing that your parents do not approve of this. <laughs> well. I don't think my parents know, and I know they don't listen to this podcast, so I don't mind saying it here. And I know no one I know up north listens to this podcast. Yeah. At least I don't think so. Oh, wait. No, crud. One guy does. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> I just, I just remembered. My friend who's, a, who's, a, who's an acolyte in the Greek Orthodox Church listens to this. Okay. He ain't a tab, well, I, 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 doubt that, I doubt that that'll become too big of an issue. Nah, nah. It's fine. But no, because for, for both of us, when we moved down here, we originally worked for Universal and Disney. Oh. We did, we, she sold food. I sold beer. Was that when you? And, when, was that before or after Tiburon? That was before. This okay. was this was this was college. We're paying the bills type thing before yeah. we had the kid and everything. Yeah, and um, and yeah, she she sold churros. I sold beer. It was awesome. It was <laughs> wonderful. I, and if if you ever want to know where the turkey legs really come from, you ask me sometime, and I will tell you. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> cool. Tell us the secret. They're, they're they're not turkey. I'll tell you that much right now. They're not turkey. Um, so so did, did you do you um. What's your what, what would you say about Halloween as far as like do you have like a theological stance on it? Uh, to me I equate it with the same thing how churches will do Easter egg hunts. Okay. Easter egg hunts are Easter the Easter egg is a Greek sign of fertility. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. and a lot of people get their get their noses out of joint when a church does an Easter egg hunt because mm-hmm. you're combining an evil Greek pagan holiday with a holy building. How dare you? Bonus. Well, I, I I tend to not, yeah, not I love the because bunny. I don't like bunny. those things, but it's more about like not really finding any. Well, here, I'd rather here, do something more creative, like just yeah. Here's the basic idea. Here's my thing: God can use anything and everything that we have at our disposal to be something to either disciple or to evangelize with. Yeah. And with I see anything 
you know, Halloween is it's hard to do because it is overtly pagan in its origin. So for it's hard people? to for for some for some people. For some people who think it's, you know, I've seen some churches do biblical costume dress-up parties. Yeah, ha- I've, Halloween I've seen, parties. Yeah, how, yeah, yeah, I've seen some people do uh, <laughs> and Easter egg hunts and things like that. I mean, yeah. if you use them as something to build community, if you use them as something with the intent to further the gospel message, and you're not being sacrilegious, and you're not being blasphemous, I personally don't have an issue with that. As long yeah. as your intent is to build community uh, and relationships with the, with the community that the church is in, Great, go for it. More yeah, power to and that, you. And that's that's the thing that that grabs me because I'm I'm definitely and we'll, we'll get we'll get to my story on it too. Uh, but I'm I'm definitely on the uh, the more this is one of those rare things where I'm on definitely on the more conservative side of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I always feel like, wait, are we we're we're just going to sit in the church and pre- do prayer and worship, but we're not going to go out and connect with people, and we're not going to yeah. Because in my town, like, there's no bigger celebration than the Halloween parade. Like that's the biggest thing that that my town does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like not being a part of, not being engaging with people in that is uh, missing, missing, uh, missing relationship um, that we wouldn't be able to connect with uh, other pe- other people otherwise. But anyway, um, so Zach, Zachary, how about you? What what is your family history with Halloween? Oh goodness, I think I just activated a super secret boss fight. What? Oh goodness. Oh, he's still playing Bayonetta. Oh no, I need to like not do this right now. <laughs> I'm not playing Rodan right now. Bayonetta and, has a pause he, button. It and has he a just pause took button. A, and he just took a bite of something. So he he's breaking the two cardinal rules of <laughs> I'm podcasting. I'm out of here. I'm he's, out of this. He's playing so, a there's game certain games that and he's I, I, I'm, into a I'm convinced mic. that you can play while you're while you're doing a podcast like Diablo worked pretty well. Um, but uh, the, I don't get the impression that Bayonetta is a game where you can you can have your attention divided. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh yeah, I'll just buy this thing, and it's like super secret boss fight. Great. That's kind of cool. Um, so anyway, um, so Zach, what, what was your family's approach to Halloween growing up? Uh, totally fine. Celebrate it all you want, all that jazz. Yeah, I mean, you always you always dress up as Iron Man. No, <laughs> I had no interest in comics as a kid, so. Let me settle that. <laughs> uh, I mostly like celebrated Halloween like you know any other kid. Okay, wander around town, trick or treating, wandering around, treat, yeah, doing the costume quest thing. You know, and like I would go to school, and you know, I went to Christian schools as a kid, so they would like tell yeah. me, you know, Halloween is evil, and then I would come home and I go, you know, mom and dad, Halloween is evil, and they go, who told you that? Yeah, <laughs> and. I'd say, well, they told me that in school. And they go, did that make it true? <laughs> and I'd go for a second. Good parents. Huh. <laughs> Don't so, blindly you know. accept what the man tells you. No. So what What did, what What were your... Um... Costumes? Yeah, what were your costumes? I dressed up as Odd Job from Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah, I was awesome. I had my pistol and you everything. You could pull that off. Cap gun. <laughs> <laughs> little mustache, bowler hat. Yeah, you know, looking seriously. at you, you could totally pull that off. Yeah, it worked. I gotta get a photo of this, dude. Did you um? Did did you actually like throw the hat at anybody? No, no. I threw <sighs> the hat. I threw the hat at other things, but I didn't throw it at people. Yeah. Mm. I'm would it would it have lopped their head off or, or killed them like in Bond movies? <laughs> no. Did, did you did you like le, did you like rim it with lead or something so it could like boom break things off? No. I'm so I, I literally <laughs> literally didn't know anything about Oddjob other than the fact that he is the cheapest character to play as in Goldeneye. <laughs> yes. um, oh and, man, yeah. 
So that that's that's always been my reference point for odd job. It's like no, you don't pick don't pick odd job, and you don't don't pick uh, <laughs> Ermov or whatever whatever the one guy is who's tall and has his head has his uh, gun lined up specifically for your head. Oh, I played Jaws because it would be funny. Yeah, because like Was it Jaws. I played Jaws because he's the tallest, and then somebody you else got that played metal odd mouth job. that can. He, yeah. He's like he's like Bender from Futurama, only without a personality, <laughs> and he can just bend things with his mouth. Well, in the game, if you play Oddjob versus Jaws, Oddjob reaches about crotch level. <laughs> yeah. So it's quite funny. Yeah. And then, like, Jaws has to lean down. And then by the time he does that, he's dead. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So, um, are, you talk- are you talking GoldenEye? I'm going to digress. Do you, do, are you talking about GoldenEye on the N64? Are you talking yeah. about yeah. the... Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I mean, Not like, that as much other- as, as GoldenEye Reloaded was, was uh, interesting... I wouldn't say that it would ever supersede the the original in any sense. If the HD remake came out, maybe. But it's... Well, there is an HD. Well, oh, you mean like the HD remake of the original Goldeneye? Yeah, but that's in limbo forever. So that's yeah, never that, that's happen. no, that's not going to happen. Rare, Rare doesn't really exist much. Yeah, I'm sorry, um, I interrupted your train of thought, Em. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. So the, I was the, talking but, about Halloween. But yeah, so on 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 the subject of Halloween, like, what is your theological approach to it, and um, how do you? relate to the origins of it is that a fair question that's a fair yeah. question um i probably uh, i mean i mean specifically for zach because i want to hear from zach on this oh okay i'm me. sorry i'll shut up because yeah. i ramble on too much go for it that's okay making making the question a little different what okay i'm sorry just i'm a little amazed that final fantasy 13 requires 59 gigabytes what dude it's a huge game how is it that big that's 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 it the was largest the few, game that I've ever played. It was one of the of. few games that was 1080p native on the PS3. Oh, oh weird. Better have Japanese subtitles. It's huge. Subtitles. It's huge. Japanese with subtitles. Oh. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> so, um, on point. Close Zachary, the Steam Zachary, windows, Zachary. Zachary. Holy crap, you're getting distracted. You're yeah. eating, you're bayonetting, you're... <laughs> so, Zachary, one, one simple thing. What is your theology of Halloween? Okay, my theology of Halloween is that I've looked up stuff on Halloween and... In academic circles, it seems debatable whether or not it's a Christian or a pagan holiday. And pagan is kind of a vague term, catch-all, to refer to things I don't like. Yeah, yeah. So that's usually where it comes from. Yeah. But in most Christian circles, it's just the day before All Saints Day in the liturgical calendar. Right. Most Protestants won't know this. Like me, I don't know it. (laughs) So... You know, but for the most part, holidays in general for me are just like, oh, that's a holiday. Oh, that's a holiday. You know, they don't have any significant Christian content to them. Yeah, and that that has a lot to do with the fact that um, all of our holidays that we have that are biblical are not Christian. Yeah, technically, like Passover we don't celebrate because you know we're not Jews. Well, I I, I celebrate. It's my favorite holiday. Um, but that's that's just because it's it's uh, system systemically culturally uh, Jesusly um, very 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 Jesus-ly. very rich. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus-ly. I like that word. Jesus-ly. Yeah, because well, Jesus Jesus not only celebrated Passover, but if you've ever if you ever participated in Passover, you know that the the afikomen the um, the bread the uh, what is the right word? What is our our common word for uh, the Passover bread? I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the right word. Um, matzah. It's okay. Is, yeah. Okay. There you go. Matzah has uh, like holes and piercings in it and that's meant to signify signify um the way that the messiah would be pierced for our transgressions and such Mm -hmm. so it's super duper rich from like a a messianic jewish 
uh, Christian perspective. Um, but um, anyway, I'm, I'm derailing my own my own subject here. But the the point being that there are a ton of uh, Jewish holidays that are in the scriptures that we culturally completely ignore as Christians. Yeah. Um, and ironically, there is one that I would say is Jewish Halloween that is in the Bible, um, not necessarily depicted as Jewish Halloween, but Purim, which is the the celebration of the uh, of God's victory uh, for for uh, Esther and uh, in. Uh, <laughs> In Babylonian exile, I'm laughing yeah. at Zachary eating food and dribbling it all over my himself phone right now. Collapsing <laughs> my hand. <laughs> so I'm going to have to start implementing rules here on on uh, my podcast yeah. for for what is, what our uh, owner crazy. and proprietor is or is not allowed to do here. <laughs> I'm allowed um, to eat when I want. <laughs> Oh so in, in any case, um, all that simply to say that if you're not familiar with the holiday of Purim, it's uh, it's basically a very very fun, goofy holiday where everyone dresses up and and, and is silly and has fun. Yeah. Um, and, and reenact uh, the story of Esther. And reenact cool the story stuff, of Esther. Yeah. Sometimes you reenact the Lord of the Rings. Sometimes. Is that the one? Is that the, is that the one where they when they read Esther they spit on a stone and they label it Haman and they squish it? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, that's, they, that's part of the, that's yeah. part of the, the the tradition for it. Yeah. Every okay. time you hear Esther, every time you hear like Haman, you have to boo and yeah, and they do the reciting and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, depend, depending upon what what uh what kind of what kind of Jewish congregation you're around, it's it, it can be it can be really really yeah. fun. Also, well, no, there's no, that, dreidels. That no dreidels, no dreidels. <laughs> so that there, there, but, but the, the, the point being that there are. Different ho- different uh, Jewish holidays that we uh, do not have as a part of our our Christian calendar, and and actually Jesus celebrated Hanukkah, so that could be a part of our Christian tradition as well, because Jesus actually celebrated it. Yeah, it's in uh, John John. I believe you. 10. I'm just I'm just not remembering it. Um, but well, it says in, in most translations it says the festival of dedication, which oh is, okay yeah yeah which which yeah. is uh, a very Anglo way of saying Hanukkah. Um, <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, sometimes English translations are pretty funny. Well, English translations are very ang- uh, a very uh, they they kind of like strip the Jewishness out of the story a lot of the time, which is really a, a shame considering like uh, even in in Revelations when it talks about a, uh, there's the word assembly that was actually the word for synagogue um, and mm-hmm. they changed it to assembly because like we can't talk about synagogues in the New Testament. Well, Jesus was white, duh, guys, come on. Uh. So anyway, uh, all, all, all that all that simply to say that there are a lot of um, uh, biblical holidays that are uh, equivalents actually to our present day holidays. Like, for example, um, uh, Pentecost, which was uh, fifty days after Passover, um, was originally before it became a, a part of our Christian calendar and tradition, was uh, basically Jewish Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> that's that. It's the celebration of the harvest. It's the celebration of um, uh, of, of a lot of those things, and, and and to simply say that there's a lot of similarities between the biblical holidays and our present days, just not our, mm-hmm. our tendency to celebrate them in a specific right. way. I don't know why I'm talking about all this, <laughs> uh, but because uh, this back- is a theology gaming podcast, yeah, we enjoy yeah, talk- we enjoy we enjoy talking about dry road history from time to time. <laughs> yeah, well, I like dry yeah. road history. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. as do so, I. Yeah. Anyway, um, so on, back onto the subject of Halloween. Do you mind if I share? Uh, you guys should ask me the question. So, so you have to ask me the question about Halloween. So, M. Joshua Collar. Yeah, yeah. Do you, sir, celebrate Halloween? If so, why? And if not, why? Yeah. So um, I, the last time I celebrated Halloween in a very, very traditional sense was when I was three, and I went as He-Man. 
Um, and then somewhere I around there, the yeah, my mom made me the costume, and I was a three-year-old running around saying um, all sorts of. Didn't you wear just a loincloth? Uh, it was just a loincloth. Um, I was very, very cold. A three-year-old. Uh, no. <laughs> You no, were um, surprisingly buff for a three-year-old. I was actually surprisingly buff because my mom made the, the suit out of, like, uh, pantyhose and, and stuffing. So, like, it looked like, as a three-year-old, like, I had these big, giant muscles. It was kind of awesome. <laughs> oh, you didn't go where he has, like, the white undershirt and the pink vest? No, that's dumb. Like, before he cha- – okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't cool to me as a three-year-old. So, but, but yeah, all, all that simply to say that, like, I had a, a, a storied history with, with – um, uh, Halloween at, at a very early age, but then somewhere along along those lines, my parents became uh, convicted or convinced, whatever, uh, that Halloween was um, a, a celebration of uh, dark spirits um, and uh, darkness. And so, as a result, they're like, "All right, well, we can't participate in uh, in that kind of an agreement. So instead, we're going to uh, do maybe we're, we're, we we want to try doing like a Christian equivalent. So we're going to start doing the Hallelujah parties. And so, um, <laughs> the Hallelujah parties had one qualification. And that was Jello shots. Close uh, <laughs> Bi- Bible characters. You have to be a Bible character. Uh, okay. <laughs> God, all I can think about is Pleasure Island when you say that. <laughs> but yeah, so you, we we all had to go as Bible characters. And there was another qualification because um, as Bible characters, you can go as uh, lepers or um, scary characters just as easily as you can. Um, wow, leper. <laughs> That's something that kids should know a lot about. <laughs> leper. Uh, well, I, I only I only clarify because there were people in our uh, in our uh, church in Narberth, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Narberth Me- Methodist back then that that would. That were like, all right, well, this is an excuse for me to go as leper to, to uh, a Christian party and scare kids. Uh, but how, how would at, you do? D- look at my d- scales. <laughs> yeah. With mask and like all sorts of crappy clothing. And, you know, this, I, I, I do have a very specific memories of that. But I also remember every year for the, the first three Hallelujah parties, I was a mountain lion because there were mountain lions on the on the uh, Noah's Ark. That was that was the catch all is that if uh, <laughs> if you go to a Hallelujah any party. Animal. <laughs> Any animal is fair game because they were on the ark. <laughs> That's so like broad as to be pointless. It's it is it is and and like like what's the point of even dressed like if I'm going to go as Ezekiel or Elijah, no one's going to know the difference. <laughs> yeah, I, you know who I'd go as? I would go as Lazarus. Lazarus? How how, how would you depict? Oh, because you get dressed up like in, a mummy. in his in his burial shroud, or how were they? Yeah, how yeah. were they? And then I would not take a shower for days yeah, yeah. before the party <laughs> because that's my, that is my absolute favorite scripture in all of the Bible. But he's, Lord, but my he Lord stinketh. thinketh. He stinketh. Yeah, oh, I yeah, love it. Yeah. Or there will be a great odor. That's the that's one of the, the one part of the the new king or the old King James text that I I think is the best translation. <laughs> he stinketh. <laughs> so yes, I would go as a stinky Lazarus. That's who I that would is. Go as. That is awesome. So, um, in, in any case, I'll simply say that my my uh, my storied history with uh, after that for we basically just stopped celebrating Halloween. Then my mom would like literally literally pull us out of school, and we wouldn't go to school on Halloween days because that was when like there was like a, a school celebration of Halloween or whatever. It was just oh, wow. like super super seceding from the holiday as as a tradition, um, and and that, that 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 really just stuck with me. And I remember even as a teenager, like I I lapsed so to speak and and decided that I was going to go. I wanted to go and just trick or treat, not for any other reason than I wanted candy. And my mom was like, "Nope, can't do it. You're not allowed." 
Um, so oh, wow. uh, that and, and, and generally, like my parents are pretty pretty lax with a lot of things, but Halloween for whatever reason was always one of those things that we didn't participate in. Um, and so then I went, I got into college, and I, I still I still kind of retained that 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 uh, anti Halloween sentiment to some degree, and but I, I still wanted to like find a way to engage with it. So I thought, what's the best way to engage with Halloween but not engage? I got it, I got it. You can go to a costume party, not as a costume person, but as nothing. <laughs> and I know that sounds really Yeah, but 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 it's not it's not good enough to go without like actually changing your normal dress. You actually have to go as nothing. And well, that's and, when you get the T shirt that just says costume. Costume. That that is that is a valid option. Or what do you dress um, in all black so you, you can't appear anywhere? Exactly. And that's actually Who what are I did you? was the fact well, that I'm the nothing I, from Never Ending Story. I, I was actually nothing, um, and the only thing that you could see on me when you looked at me was the whites in my eyes because I covered myself with, with paint and hair dye, and everything on me was. Oh, seriously? Black. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Please tell me you have a picture of this somewhere. Uh, unfortunately, I do not. I mean, oh. what's the point of taking a picture? I'm just like a a, a black spot. It's a picture, nothing. Spot in the room, yeah. But what was just stand weird up against was, like, a white wall used... and take a picture of it because that would have been phenomenal. Uh, there are pictures, but I didn't see. This was this was like. Before digital pictures were a common thing and shared on the internet with, mm. with great great veracity, but um, in any case, like the I, I used tempera paint on my face and it started to crack a little bit, mm-hmm. so it made my face even scarier. Um, and and there was a competition for um, costumes for in my school, and I thought like sure I'll participate, and I won for scariest costume. Wow, <laughs> that is impressive. Uh, and I didn't. I didn't feel bad about it at all because that got me a twenty-five dollar gift certificate to Walmart. So that was food for the week. <laughs> and I'm thinking back, like, wow, twenty-five dollars was enough food for the week. Mm. Well, wow, I, I was. I was a pretty low fi college student. I was really, really good at rocking those ramen noodles. Hey, dude, ramen noodles are still a buck a pack. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just nuts. Anyway, so um, fast forward to now. I'm. I'm not really. Uh, my and my church tradition now even is kind of like no we're not going to do Halloween, um, but I'm starting to really like get to a point where I'm, I'm I'm just trying to figure out like how do you fully engage with the holiday, and what are where are areas where there is uh, open doors for redemption and I'm thinking like I specifically cited Neverending Nightmares as as an example of um, something that used personal testimonies not for the sake of just communicating horror but for the sake of Here's something that's a true real-world horror, and here's some illumination that the cross brings to it. And so for me personally, like I love it when someone's able to find a, a path into uh, the, the eternal now, the, um, the eternity on their hearts that, that um, is mentioned briefly in Ecclesiastes. Uh, this aspect of um, God wants to reveal to these people, or, or, or to everybody, how much he, lo- he radically loves us. And what are what are the um, what are the the connections in between there? And if if there's some something in there within the Halloween celebration that I can connect, I'd love to do that. I haven't found it yet, but I'm looking. And so that's where I would say that I've landed with Halloween is a non-landing of searching for that connection. And that's all, what I would love. I like to say that I'm doing all the time is constantly looking for that connection. What is what is the Imago Day here? Where is the image of God? In, in, in a person's heart, really crying out to um, the original desire of humanity. So, yeah, I'm what, not sure what how you guys to respond to that because that's amazing. That, that's well said, sir. That's such a good question that I can't answer it. Okay. That's oh, fine. I thought it was because you still had food in your mouth. 
So, um, I've been eating a lot of food. And so, just so, just for your reference point to, to everyone's listening, you're referencing Ecclesiastes. This is why Google's awesome. You're yeah. referencing Ecclesiastes three eleven, and in the ESV version, it says, "He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart." Yet, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. There you go. I do the I do the Bible on tape for ten bucks. You can just you can send, send, send the you want, and I'll read. Ten, ten bucks. Ten bucks an hour. Ten, ten bucks a verse, dude. Ten bucks. A ten verse, bucks. Oh, dang, crap. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll. Well, I'll uh, what's What's your PayPal? Sorry. Um. No, no I, I have a what is what are, what are they, uh, a Patreon thingy. I have one of those. Alpha, no, I don't. Really? Alpha bovine. No, I don't. Alpha oh, okay. bovine Patreon. Yeah, I'm actually, I don't do, I don't do I'm anything really worth about support. Patreon and, and uh, I, I don't have a, a very clear uh, closing for for the, the the topic today. And I, I would I'd love to talk about the other Christian horror game that I'm playing, which is called Through the Through the Shadows. But I haven't played enough of it to really say exactly what I think of it. I, I Zach did post my my response to the uh, demo of the game, which which uh, I feel was a little. Um, not quite gracious enough. So I'm trying to be a little bit more gracious in how I respond to things through the rest of it because it, it was made with macromedia f- or uh, multimedia fusion. So um, it does have like some of the, the nuances that, that creating a game with that tool does have. Um, but in, in any case, I, I, I do want to say that that is a game that's made by Christian and it's going for more of a, um, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Let's zoom tight. <coughs> sorry. Um, Let's do again. It's going for more of a um, of a horror. Well, your, uh, your soul didn't fly out of your body, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, um, that's very good. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, anyway, it's going for more of a more of a horror sort of like, uh, but yet Christian thing. So I don't know exactly where it's going to be going, but I find it fascinating, and I want to talk about it more in another uh, another podcast in the future when I play through the whole thing. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at their Kickstarter page. That just the story p- pitch is. I'm wondering what. Okay. Uh, through the Shadows is about a young man named Jesse. He has a sense of purpose for his life, and he has a strong desire to make a difference in the world around him. He wakes up one day to find that everyone has disappeared, and strange events start to occur, and Kirk Cameron comes to explain to him about how everything was left behind. <laughs> no, just, he doesn't really. And as Jesse sets out on his venture, he discovers that he will find his place in the lineage of a people throughout history. They are called the Seekers of Truth. Richard and Callan, and then, no, sorry, that was a bad literary reference, uh, and they have protected the true word of the Old and New Testaments of the Bible and place crucial information in secret protected locations that only someone like Jesse is meant to discover at critical time of need. Interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting so far. Um, it's definitely kind of like somewhere between uh, like a traditional adventure game and something like uh, Dear Esther or Gone Home, somewhere in between the, that level of interaction, but the the, the environments I wouldn't, I wouldn't clearly compare them. Um, so the, the, the path through the game is very clearly dealing with some kind of, uh, new world order coming into play and weird supernatural interactions that the main character starts to have, um, or like he starts having visions. That's the one thing that I've seen happen so far. Mm -hmm. Um, so those things are really kind of neat, um, that, that, that he's trying these out and trying to run with, with how, um, Michael Angel is the developer and he's trying to make these things work out. And, and he was generous enough to reach out to us as a community on the Theology Gaming University on Facebook, which is really, really, really cool. Like, I'm just so excited that he was willing to reach out to us. Awesome. And it's just rare. Like, it's so hard to find out what Christian developers are doing because it's kind of a strange community. There are um, – so what I mean by disparate. that is like 
I don't What's know that? why. They're so disparate and disconnected. There's not really a central place. Well, there is. There is. Yeah. There's like the CGDC. Okay. There's yeah, there's uh, certain Christian groups that, that uh, make games together. Um, and they tr- a lot of them try to connect with one another, but it, th- there's, still, there's still a couple of guys who aren't fully connected yeah. with the rest of the community. So, But in terms um, of disseminating this kind of content to either other Christians or bigger communities, I feel like there's not really much marketing. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's hard to know how to market something like this. And, and, that's, and that's the point with, uh, with making Christian games is that like, it's, it's, uh, it, it's being pioneered. And one of the things – there is one thing that I will say and that you should literally go and buy – this game through the shadows. And the reason why I, I say that is because the only way that, that, and this is something that Thomas Henschel brought up that I really, really, really empathize with is you should, uh, we, we want to see Christian games get better. Can we agree with that? Yes, maybe I'm still undecided, but yes, I get what Chris, you're saying. Christian made games at least, um, to get better. Yeah. I, um, I will agree with that. Christian yes. made games to get better. Yes. So, um, and, and the point in that is that the only way for these games to get better is for us to support the people who are making them and to be a blessing to them. And the way that the best way to be a blessing is to give people money. Yeah. Um, and Thomas, <laughs> as Thomas Central said, buy our bad games <laughs> so we yeah. can make better. Uh, games. I don't know if I agree with him completely on that, but I, but on, I have, since we've been t- chatting, I have picked up, I, I went and purchased Never Any Nightmares. Mm-hmm. It is downloading. But where can I purchase this other one you were speaking of? Oh, um, I'm sorry. It's uh, it's not on. I, I'm not, I'm looking for it on, on Steam, Steam, but I don't see it on there. Not on. It's Steam. not on Steam. It's uh, he. It does have a Steam Greenlight page, but that's not going to help you out. No. Uh, so it's um, True Light Games. Okay. Dot com will actually take you to the site. That's a really good op- opportunity. Um, oh, bingo! There we are. Yeah, so that that'll right, take cool. you to it, and then you can you can find the 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 click link on there, or you can go to True Light Games uh, slash t. Uh, wait, what's the? There's a slash tts dash land slash ch ch one. Uh, sorry, these this is getting too long. Um, but that'll take <laughs> no, you. No, it's okay. If you, yeah, if you go to truelightgames.com, com, the link is at the very bottom. Episode one is now available. Yeah. So. That that is, and, that, and this is the first episode of the game. Um, Aww, he doesn't have a Mac version. Yeah, that's that's a little disappointing. I mean, well, that's one of the other limitations. That's all right. I got Windows Seven on, on here. Boot but yeah, so um, that that's one one game that I, I do I do definitely recommend checking out. I'm working on a Let's Play series for it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm chronicling the experience because no one else has done that yet. I do I don't believe I uh, couldn't find anything else online. Um, so that's one go. thing that I'm doing. Also, there's uh, another game that I highly recommend people getting as a Christian game, a Christian-made uh, game with uh, some really, really high production quality for being a low-budget game, and that's Adam's Venture. Um, that, and Adam, surprisingly, was a good game. I actually yeah. enjoyed that. I have it on the yeah. PS3. It's I good. to play it. I own yeah, so there's I Adam's Venture it. Episode <laughs> 1, 2, and 3, and yeah. you can get them on Steam or PS3. I got it on Steam. I haven't finished the first episode yet. Um, but that's only because this is review season, and um, yeah. there's tons of tons of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but we, I, I, I would absolutely love to do an Adam's Venture podcast in the future, um, where we just talk about that game in particular. Okay. And uh, going through I'm down that. I'm down for but, that. Yeah. Anyway, let, me, let me let me give. Uh, and while you're recommending games, if for those of you who want to try uh, survival horror or just scary games in particular that may not have a Christian. Uh, uh, are you okay, Zach? And if I give my top three in survival horror games, yeah, yeah, do it, do it. Okay, 
Uh, number one, you've probably already guessed it, Silent Hill 2, <laughs> which, which is available on the PC. It is available on the PC. Uh, let me just very, very, this? very, very... Let me briefly... Is? They did do a Silent Hill port on it. There so might much. have been, but I'm not sure if it's digitally. It's available. not on Steam. No, I don't think it is. Di- no, it is digitally available because I have it. Yeah, I have it. Really? I just don't remember. I'm going to. I'm going to figure out where I got it because I know I have because it's in my Steam library, but not from Steam. It's one of those add your own game things. Oh, that's there's a CD-ROM version of it weird. that came out in 2002. Yeah, Silent Hill. Okay. Anyway, while I look for that. The other one I'm going to recommend is if you are an Xbox 360 owner, Condemned. Condemned. Yeah, that, they're that the guys who did. Uh, they're the guys who did uh, Shadows of Mordor. Oh, Hobo Combat, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First, per, it's very Malay combat, and then um, after that, everyone should get. Everyone needs to play the original Resident Evil at some point in your life. It is obviously nowhere near scary anymore. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. talk, I'm talking the original, 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 the PS1 yeah. Yeah. edition. It is a very well-designed game, though. It's like yeah. The Godfather. You have to go back and play to watch it to appreciate where cinematography has gone. That's, that's a fair point. Yeah, and play with tank controls. Yes, and everyone needs to experience tank, tank controls, controls and see how yeah. us older people grew up with games and how – oh, dude, just no. So, yeah, Silent Hill 2, <laughs> Condemned, and Resident Evil 1 that's on good. the PS1 are my so – I've, I've only recommended – Two two games that are Christian made uh, horror games. One third mm-hmm. that I would recommend is Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, that's also made by a Christian dude. That is um, made by a Christian dude. Yeah, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's actually is much more. Uh, if you if you're in the Let's Play community, if you want, know PewDiePie and all those guys, um, Markiplier. You, you, you Mark Plyer is the one who really made Five Nights at Freddy's fly off the handle. Because um, I was surprised. It's not only is it on PC, it's on iOS. But I was amazed at how much teenagers know about this game like i saw i i was talking to two 13 year old a 13 year old and a 14 year old girl and their like favorite game is five nights at freddy's it was weird um and because it, it just came out two months ago and it's an indie game and this guy mark Coth or scott Cawthon rather um he also made the pilgrim's progress video game he also made uh the desolate hope he's just he just made some really really interesting games he also made my personal favorite title for a game which is uh bible slots um <laughs> on ios <laughs> Bible. Which is just a slot machine of uh, Bible-themed uh, things, um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I highly recommend Five Nights at Freddy's. It's a, a very, very creepy game, but it's got very tense, tight mechanics. Um, I, I don't know that there's necessarily a redemptive theme throughout there, but it's funny. It's it's darkly humorous, and uh, if you're looking for something that's that's going to be a challenge, um, also check it out on, on the Let's Play videos because they're also really good. That's it. And I have no recommendations because I don't play horror games. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's fair. Well, did you have any recommendations of games that you've been playing recently? Uh, I don't even know if I want to recommend Dynasty Warriors to anyone. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> why not? Because, okay, what do you guys think of Dynasty Warriors? I'm just curious. I've never played this one. This has nothing to do with Halloween at all. But I never, you- I never had much interest. I mean, I, I think I played one for about five to ten minutes, and I was like, meh. Yeah, I could see why people would not really like this series. I mean, basically every review ever has characterized it as a button masher and, you know, yeah. you just smack things until they die. Yeah. But this is the first Dynasty Warriors game I've played in 13 years-ish. Yeah. And I'm having too much fun. I'm yeah. actually enjoying myself. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. it's So, 
tepid recommendation. If you like Dynasty Warriors, you'll like this. But I'm not sure if anyone who doesn't already like Dynasty Warriors will should get into it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, it's basically like simplified melee combat if you like killing 100 dudes at once while they fling around in completely unrealistic ways. <laughs> <laughs> or the screen exploding with bright colors and flashing lights. Yeah. And that's... if you have even a passing interest in the Three Kingdoms narrative, which is uh-huh. the Romance of Three Kingdoms novel, which I do because I've read it twice because I'm insane. Yeah, you are insane. Yeah. You'll enjoy this. <laughs> it's like <laughs> giant. It's like a slab of pop cultural fan fiction from Asia. Wow. Yeah, wow. That's... Uh, that sounds epic. Yeah. It's wor- you know what if if you ever just just pick up one Dynasty Warriors game you basically played all of them so if Fair you enough. find one cheap try it out if you don't like it you won't like any of the other ones oh I'm on a lull right now in Destiny because I detest multiplayer Ooh. so Is I'm it not unbalanced? doing Blade dancers need to die that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> if you are a Blade dancer I I hate you I'm just I'm just gonna say that there is no room in my heart for you right now. But, uh, yeah, so I'm not doing the Iron Banner event, or at least not yeah. actively trying to. Yeah. Because uh, the bounties on there are insane. Like, do 50 headshots with a heavy weapon, which is, huh. it, it's just not, it, it, yeah. For, for someone who is mediocre at best, it's not for me. Anyway, so I'm, I'm tempted to pop in Hyrule Warriors, which I have not done so yet. Uh, you didn't pop it in yet? And no, it's still sitting in the cellophane up on my, well, up on my shelf. You have a Dynasty Warriors game. So, you with, don't have to buy with Zelda. One. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, uh, Yahtzee over at Escapist did a review on Hyrule Warriors that went up yesterday. My guess is he didn't like it. He was okay with it. Kind That's of. Good. There's not many games he is okay with. He loves yeah. Silent Hill too, though. Oddly enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. <laughs> and in fact, if you in fact if you should if you could you should you should go watch his review on it because it explains everything why I love that game. Although, just be warned, he uses foul language. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a yeah. lot of it. Fair point. So I'm, I'm actually looking at my Steam queue of uh, other horror games that I've really, really, really dug. Um, I'm just going to read read through a few of them that I that I highly recommend. Uh, one okay, is State, state of Decay, which was my favorite open world game of last year. It's a leadership sim where the actual State of Decay, even though it's a zombie game, is uh, your leadership ability. Um, so you're you're progressively getting worse as a leader throughout the game. I mean, better and worse at the same time. Like it's it's a uh, like you're 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 having a hard time holding your leadership skills together throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Another one is uh, the Metro series. Metro is um, a sort of a stealth horror um, post-apocalypse, um, very very uh, tense and scary. Highly recommend those um, for the the way that they specifically deal with the subject of grace and forgiveness. Um, very interesting. Huh. Yeah, hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. It's 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 some of the best material when it comes to uh, grace and forgiveness. Uh, in games, if you play through the whole series, um, then another another one would be the uh, Miasmata. Miasmata is uh, a, a disempowerment simulation where you mm-hmm. are trying to just simply get through the game. I've written, written about it in, in yeah, Game yeah, Church, yeah. and I've written about it on Theology Gaming. Um, and one of my favorite uh, survival horror games of all time is an indie game called Lone Survivor which is also dealing with the subject of uh, mental health issues. Um, and I think, oh, and the last one that I'm going to leave you with, and this one's a very, one of my favorite uh, survival horror games that no one knows about 
is Sangfra Tale of Werewolves, which is spelled Sang Freud, S-A-N-G-F-R-O-I-D. Yeah, and no one seems to know that that game even exists in, in no. any circle ever. <laughs> no, it's it doesn't. Ha- it barely has any coverage. Like I've I've written about it once because I it is it a new game? Is it an older game? No, it's it's an indie game that came out last year. It is a combination of survival horror and uh, strategy. Um, kind of, it's it's much more tactical than like uh, tower defense and um, and like a uh, real time strategy. But it, it it borrows from it, it. Definitely steps its foot a little bit into those genres. It's basically you you have to protect your house from being attacked by werewolves, and you're setting up traps. And everywhere that you go, you don't have enough resources to do everything that you want to do. Um, uh, sounds like The Long Dark. It's very similar to The Long Dark in um, on paper um, mm-hmm. and in concept in a lot of ways. But mechanically, it's, it's a much more tactical game. Like, it's not about uh, surviving over long periods of time. It's like you have a night. And just tonight, we're going to have to set up everything. And the, I know exactly when the wolves are going to be coming. I know exactly how to get ready, what resources I have to get ready for them. Huh. I have to make it happen. And I'm, it's I'm super liking duper this. Tense. Um, it's, it's a little rough around the edges, but it's definitely a 9 out of 10 kind of game. Um, Eurogamer gave it a 9 out of 10. I would give it a 9 out of 10. Um, Eurogamer is pretty much the only place that reviewed it. Um, <laughs> I know, weird. It's very weird. Yeah, so highly, highly, highly recommend Sangfra. It also also deals a little bit with the subject of um, of religion and and the state of the dead and how to – it doesn't necessarily deal with all those things very well, but it tries to, um, which is really, really compelling to me personally just because it's willing to try those things out. The most interesting things are balancing your resources with your strategy. Um, And Hmm. I think in in many ways it's it's kind of similar to what Michael Osdevines was going for with, with the Heroes of Issachar. Um, okay, another but, Christian game. <laughs> yeah, another, another 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 reference to it's probably within our own community that um, more inside referencing. Okay, I, I lied. That wasn't the last game that I'm going to reference. Last <laughs> one is um, I know it's too many things, but if you're looking for for scary games, um, last one I'm going to leave you with is Eldritch, which was also made by a guy mm. who uh, loves Jesus, um, David Pittman. He uh, he was a Bioshock alumni, worked on Bioshock 2. And Eldritch looks kind of like, um, very similar to Minecraft graphically, but mechanically it's uh, much closer to like Dishonored or Deus Ex. Um, and with a, a, oh, cert- yeah. a, a roguelike c- component very similar to uh, Spelunky. Like you're yeah, constantly descending. a Minecraft vibe in this thing. It almost looks PS1. It's very, it's very plain graphically, but the mechanics and the immersion and the and the, the the fright within it are are up to eleven. Like it's like it's not and it's not like jump scares. It's it's well, it's kind of jump scares, but it's mechanical. So like you'll suddenly hear like a moaning and like get hit from behind because you weren't paying attention to your environment enough. Looks very um, Lovecraftian. <laughs> it's very very Lovecraftian. Yeah, it's entirely inspired by Lovecraft. Ooh, um, excellent. And I'm there sold. is the Lovecraft game too. I, I, what what game is that? It's Call of Cthulhu, I think. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's on there. Is that on Steam now? I'm not know. sure, but I'll tell you this: the, the the scariest game I've ever played that was a Christian game wasn't scary because of the atmosphere. It was scary because it was just so horrible. Left Behind? No, 
No. <laughs> okay, you know, people rag on Left Behind Eternal Forces on from a core mechanical level. The game wasn't that bad. How on a thematic mecha- level. On a thematic level, it was right up there with the horse stalls I would muck out <laughs> growing up on the horse farm. Um, <laughs> the, 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 this, I'm talking about Catechumen. I don't know if you've ever played that one. It is a first-person stabber. Yeah, I, I, I have heard, heard of that. that. It, I don't know if it was made on the old Doom or Quake engine or not. It looks like it was. Maybe it wasn't. I, think I honestly it was made don't on know. The Quake 2 engine. Okay. Essentially, you are a, a catechumen, which it, Greek, Latin, something. It's, it's another word for acolyte. It's a, dis, it's a disciple in training, essentially. And some of your brothers have been imprisoned beneath uh, Rome, and your job is to go in and rescue them. Huh. Humans, you cannot kill. You, you use the power of God or something to that extent that. When you see them, you, th- you, you put this power out, a light shines on them, the hallelujah chorus plays in the background, and they go to their knees in prayer because you yeah. have saved them. And then see, you the, use your sword to is, kill demons. I have, I, have huge, I have huge issues with that mechanically considering like <laughs> that, that's, that's just go watch some you. Just yeah, go watch some YouTube videos on it. It's hysterical. I watched. I did watch a little bit of the YouTube videos on it because that was the only way that I could get it. Because I wasn't going to pay the the, the four dollars that it cost on on Amazon when I found it. <laughs> see, that, see, that is the exception to the rule, and it's an older game, so it probably wouldn't yeah. even help future games. But that's an exception to the rule. When I mean, when when it is so bad that I'm not sure I'd even want a game from these people again. I I won't. But anyway, I'm digressing. Continue, please. I I interrupted you. No, no, no. That's that's fine. No, I I, I just had huge issues with the whole idea of forced conversion. Um, Ah, yes. Considering, like, that's that's not Jesus. Like, like, And that's that's why it it, it would be really hard to create, like, uh, an evangelism game. Um, Because you, you need to represent people's autonomy and their own stories and not trivialize any of that because the most important thing um, within Christianity is that you don't convert people because they they have to convert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like if it's like not their choice. Behind. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 really. I don't I don't want any like like Jesus actually like would discourage people from believing in him because he he didn't want anyone to 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 be anything but sincere, you know, like when he, when he did the whole feeding of 5,000 thing at the end of the day, there was only 11 people who were following him. And one of the people, and he said, one of his disciples is a liar. Um, so he's like, the, the, the moral of the story is I'm not looking for quantity. Um, yeah. yeah. Not looking for quantity here, guys. Yeah. Anyway, so that is, a, uh, we're not looking for quantity from, uh, our listeners either. We're looking for quality. Uh, <laughs> yeah. just like this podcast, just like this podcast. <laughs> Aperture so, science. Thanks you for this testing. If you are, <laughs> please disregard any undeserved compliments. <laughs> hey, I found uh, hardcore gaming. One one has an article on Christian FPS games. Ooh. So if you guys would like to check that out. Yeah. Link, link us to that. And then link to that in the yeah. comments on this, this podcast. And war in heaven is on there. Yay. Nice. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> I this remember awesome. seeing that. And, oh, like, Super Noah, the family, Super so. 3D Noah's Ark. That one was a classic. That is the classic, and that yeah. has been re-released. Yeah, I, I, I remember that it was re-released recently. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that that's made by the same guys who made Bible Adventure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it's kind of kind of hilarious that like you're literally shooting food at the animals so that they don't kill you. Oh man, it's on Steam Greenlight. Seriously. Yeah, I, I honestly, I honestly think that that would be fun to play, um, just because it's hilarious. Like, 
I want a Gatling gun that shoots food. That would be. <laughs> I think it's. Um, I think people are just liking it ironically. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but they didn't put Catechumen on here. That's odd because that's a first-person game. Could be licensing issues for that it, kind of thing. Well, no. It's it, the reason why they didn't put it on the site is because um, they weren't robust enough. Or maybe the wait next page is next page. Saints of Virtue ninety-nine. Yep. There's Catechumen. Oh, there's a, yeah, oh, there there's, it is. oh there, I didn't see the next page. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's so right. polished. So it looks like this is this is pretty robust. It keeps going. Eternal War, Shadow of Light, Windows two thousand one. Um, okay, so it's they got they even have interviews with uh, two guys software from X Crucifix LLC. Yeah, this is this is pretty robust. This is cool. this is isn't a, a flat good reading thing. material. Yeah, good find. Cool. So um, this has been a Theology of Gaming <laughs> podcast, and if you like our show, you should um, become our friends. Uh, stalk us on Facebook. And um, write us love letters. That would be not creepy at all. Or you could give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That would probably be preferred for Zach. M. Josh, where can we read more of your writing? Uh, for me, on uh, I, I just aggregate everything that I write on my website, which is lovesubverts.com, which uh, at this point in time is just all I do. I don't really write anything original on there. I just put everything that I write on there as a link. Um, not, I'm always writing about really weird, obscure indie games. So that's that's what I do, I think. <laughs> right. How about you? Well, I, how about you, Jonathan? Do you have something like that? That's just just where you, we can find all of your stuff, or do we have to can, start? You can find me in two places. I need to. I need to. Uh, Pressfolios wants me to pay them money to list all my stuff, so I will probably start a Tumblr. Um, but I write in two. Pl- Pressfolios is this cool little place. Like if you want to auto sync all of your different news stories to, diff- to one place, and it's kind of like an online resume. You can say. Huh. Like, oh, here, here's all my places. You can store up to, like, 12 stories for free, but if you want more than that, uh, you have to start paying a monthly subscription. I'm like, eh, no, yeah, I'm not I'll making just, I'll just do it the hard way on my blog. I'd rather not pay. Yeah, exactly. No, you can find me on two places. Uh, I write occasionally for Game Church. I, try, I do a couple of news stories for them a week, and I do a feature whenever uh, Richard and, and Drew can put up with me uh, in, <laughs> in my horrible, horrible pitches. And then, and then I write uh, a daily article or two if if the mood strikes me over at a site called Inquisitor. It's Inquisitor. Uh, yeah. it is mainly a uh, a celebrity gossip site, but they have a cool little tech blog where they let me do whatever I want over there. That's awesome. So, so I, what, I one of this uh, you made me too curious. I have to ask what are what is one of your terrible pitches? Oh gosh, I wanted to do something. Uh, I think the worst pitch I ever did for them. In fact, I stopped doing pitches for about two months after I did this one. It got it got so slammed because it was such a I've, I've, had, I've had many pitches turned down to you there so I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm just curious ah oh, you know now that I say I don't even remember the game, but I remember one uh, yesterday I got got torn down pretty hard was 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 Project Spark I wanted to do one on Project Spark because I, I love open world creative games like that and they were like no not interested I'm like no but okay <laughs> wait no you just play it and then and then you come up with like a very specific pitch for it yeah, I, the, the the one I did first was Remember Me. That was my very first one, and I gushed over that game. I still gush yeah. over that game. And yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to go back and look at Google Docs and figure out what... Oh, I yeah, remember no, what I, it was I, I definitely did something very similar to that, like where I, I just didn't understand how to write about the intrinsic value of a game, right. and I just wanted to gush over like what I liked about it, and I tried to do a pitch for Guacamelee, and I just, I just couldn't find the actual <laughs> interesting story yeah. in there because yeah. it's not a narrative game. It's, it's a game about... The mechanics of punching things as a luchador. Um, yes, I don't think not- some games just work with that kind of writing. It just right. Right. doesn't happen. It, it, real quickly, the game I was writing that I got slammed down. I remember now. It was Lost Planet Three. Okay, 
which was my unsung he- game of the year of the, okay. for that year. Yeah, I, I think that, I, I think that sometimes Lost gushing Story. over like our our personal favorite unsung unsung games. There's there's a, a right place for that, and uh, Game Church is much more about the thematic resonance of uh, of intrinsic value within games, and a lot less about like what is great about a game in that of itself, mechanically or system- right. systemically. Yeah. Which is fine. Just exactly. it's not really yeah. my thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gotcha. So, but that's anyway, fine. That's um, why I write. That's why I don't write for you because I've never written anything for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I do need to polish off that that games or idols article from a couple years back. I need to. I, I never that I never finished. I need to finish that off and submit huh. it to you. Well, I guess that's kind of a pitch. So I yes, will. that's kind of a pitch. <laughs> right now on the spot, will you take it? No, I'm just kidding. I don't care. Yeah, I will. All take right, it. close us out. We're 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 going down. Close us out, Zach. I already, I already did the closing thing. You did the closing thing. Join us. And then I rabbit trailed him. (laughs) That's fine. Okay. So if you like the podcast, subscribe. Give us five stars. Write a review. Helps out a lot. You got to do this with with gusto, Zach. Et cetera. (laughs) (laughs) Also, join us on Theology Gaming University where we talk about stuff. And we're not sure whether we should be an open or a closed group yet. (laughs) We'll figure it out. Yeah. What? Sorry. I just feel like I have to do some, like, little John comments in the background. (laughs) What? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I, I guess that's it. I also write a lot of stuff. Yes, you and do. In the future. Oh, Zach, 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 your, are your monologues coming out? Are you, are you going to do that? Oh, yes. And I'm oh, recording please. monologues of my incredibly long articles that no one Yeah, reads. yeah. I would like that a lot. <laughs> because I think that I think that from like an audiobook perspective, like it could be really, really good because um, it gets your full inflection and I like how, how you interrupt yourself. In my int- <laughs> And my intention is to record audio to put over actual game footage, which I am going to be recording. So, Ooh. our YouTube channel may get more populated. Yeah. Wait, what? we have a YouTube channel? Theology Gaming has one, yeah. Ooh, I'm going to have to go bookmark this yeah. sucker. I think it's... I don't even know if you can find it on an actual YouTube search, but <laughs> we'll see right now. Yeah. Let's all, right. all check. And that is the end of the show. Yeah, I think that's the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys. can find it. Yeah, just put Theology Gaming in. You're good. Nice. You're good to go. All right. Zach, M, you guys have yourself a fabulous rest of the day. Yep. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.